to Travel, Eat, and Learn. I'm Susan Sam Shockley. And I'm Patrick Barney. And our title says it all. Travel, because we believe the world is a book and a man who does not travel only reads one page. Eat, because we believe that you have to eat with the locals to know about a place. And learn, we want you to have fun as you learn about the cu customs and the cultures that you encounter on your trip. Thanks for watching Travel, Eat, and Learn. This episode is being brought to you by For More Travel. Where you dream it and they make it happen. And we are the they. <laughs> All right, Sam. Well, today, this is March. This is the beginning of March. And March is very important for two reasons. One, it is Lent. And two, there is St. Patrick's Day, which makes you forget about Lent. And that happens on March the 17th. So what better time of the year to talk about and make our show entirely green. And we were green before it was fashionable to green. Okay? And so this show is all about Ireland. And let, why not start off with news they can use about being green? Travel news they could use. And the travel this time is going about several places you can go to see great St. Patrick's Day parades. A lot of cities, a lot of towns have parades and festivals. Here are some of the best ones. In my opinion, the best, the longest, and the oldest is in New York City, my hometown. St. Patrick's Day started there in 1762, and that was before the Declaration of Independence. It Ooh. started then with a f small contingent of Irish soldiers who at that time, of course, would have been part of the British Army. They and Irish immigrants marched in, D in Washington, or not Washington, oh my God, everybody watches in, in Washington. But uh, this group marched in New York City to celebrate St. Patrick's Day and to wear green, because at the time, green was outlawed in Ireland. The British wouldn't let them wear green. So they celebrated their heritage for the first time in 1762. And now it is the longest parade. It is six hours long. They have 200,000 200, people marching in the, brand, in the parade and several million watching the parade. It is a wild parade in the best in the country and perhaps the world. In 1954, Mayor Daley of Chicago decided to show New York how it's done. And I have to tell you, I used to be in those parades. And because it stays so cold in Chicago, when you're playing an instrument walking down State Street, uh, this was some time ago, walking down State Street, the horses would pee on the pavement, and it would freeze, and it would be an ice skating rink. <laughs> now, they're going to do it on March 11th this year, and many and parades will be on this, on this year. I haven't finished speaking. Anyway, the river is always dyed green, and it's gorgeous. I think you can see that. St. Patrick's Day is a wild day in Chicago. It's also usually a cold day. I bet you don't know this fact. When they started, the biggest supporters of the St. Patrick's Day Parade is the Plumbers Union. And it was the plumbers who started turning the river green. And they first started with 100 pounds of dye. Can you believe that? Today they own, and it lasted a whole week. So the river was, <laughs> was green <laughs> for a week. 
Now they only use 40 pounds, and the parade, and the and the river only stays green for St. Patrick's Day. It's a one-day affair. But you're right. That's a great parade. Now I have another parade that you should be aware of in the southern part of the country, Savannah, Georgia, has one of the longest parades. They started in 1814, and they started and they had some uh, little troubles during the Civil War. They stopped their parades and so forth, but they always been known for being a little wild. People were falling drunk in the parade and into the river and things like that. <laughs> in 1983, the women in the parade took the, the, the very favorite Irish quote, Erin Go Bra, which is Irish for Ireland forever, and they changed it to Erin Go Bear, and the ladies <laughs> marched naked in the St. Patrick's Day Parade. I do think they had green somewhere, but I won't say where, okay? So it's been a little wild, but they've been going, doing it since then, and they have the... They make sure they have their parade on St. Patrick's Day, as New York says, March 17th. And this year it's a Friday. Well, Henderson does it up right. And we were in the Henderson parade two years ago. And we had two youngsters that were going to help us give trinkets out. And they didn't show up. So I ran behind the car that you saw there in the picture. And the street in Old Town Henderson is huge. And I'm running from side to side to side, giving out trinkets. And then I run out of trinkets. And then Patrick's car is right up in front of me. And then he takes off. So then I have to run after the car. It was horrible. <laughs> one of the hardest things to do about a parade, one of the hardest things in a parade is to keep the groups moving and not have wide spots. So right. obviously, just about the time she was coming to the car, <laughs> I had a wide spot I had to fill up. He I, has no rearview mirror, of yeah, course. I used, well, I wasn't looking for you, okay? <laughs> it's as simple as that. I was, my job was to look like a leprechaun and drive like one. Now, okay. Hender Henderson's going to have a full weekend of St. Patrick's, so it'll be the 10th through the 12th. Yeah, they have a big festival, they have rides, and they have, for those who are interested, they have an Irish whiskey drinking contest twice, two hour, twice a day. So go down there and see if you can stand it, all right? <laughs> all right, now, of course, the one everybody needs to know about, if you're going to Ireland. We went to Dublin. You gotta go to the Dublin parade. Now, parade in Ireland was used to be just a religious holiday for centuries, okay? Uh, in 1996 is when they first had a major parade in Dublin. Before that, they just had small parades in different towns and villages. We were there in 2005, and it was, it was quite a large parade. The surprising thing was at that time, it had only been in existence six years, is one, each village had floats, and a lot of the villages touted their Viking history. They had a lot of Viking history. They also had a lot of brass bands. In fact, at that time, in 2005, the only bagpipe band was from New York. There was and no local bagpipe band. their floats band. are not political like they do here, where the mayor of every town is waving out of a car. No, they have huge paper mache floats that are two, three stories high and maybe a half a block long. We got there about two hours before the parade started. And what did we do? I had to stand on a part of a brick 
just to stand over the 53 people that w were in front of us. But there were enough floats that were way high that it, we could still see. And of them. course, now the parade's gotten bigger and longer. It's it's one of the biggest ones in the world again. But it was wonderful. You want to go? But if you don't like to stay in line like that or spend a lot of time in a parade, I need to tell you about the shortest St. Patrick's Day parade in the world. It's in a small village called Gypsy in County Cork, and their parade is only 100 yards long. They basically get together and march from the one pub to the second <laughs> pub in town. Now that's an Irish parade for you, okay? Let's not waste time on the prelude of the parade. Let's get right to the pubs. All right, Sam, I'm all, all that walking, all that driving. I'm ready for Ice Cube Jazz. Now today we're drinking, and we're still okay. We're drinking what I call a Shillelagh Punch. Now if you plug this into your computer, you're going to have a lot of recipes, but I have my own recipe, and I usually make it in large batches and save it from year to year. And the shillelagh part of it is named after the Irish shillelagh stick, which is from Ireland, blackthorn wood and oak. And it's very hard, but it's very light. And historically, it's been used both as a walking stick and also as a weapon in war. In fact, if you were really <laughs> nasty, if they wanted to be really nasty, they would drill a hole through this thing in the middle and fill it with lead. So when they hit you, it was really hard. So that's where the name Shillelagh comes from. It's an Irish Gaelic name. Now, what did I put in here? Let me explain my reasoning. We start off again, this is a big batch for parties. Started off with a half gallon of Irish whiskey, of course. I recommend Powers whiskey as a very good mixing punch whiskey. We added potato vodka, about a quart, because we're Irish, we like potatoes in any form. <laughs> And then we threw in scotch, about another quart of scotch, and that's for our Celtic brothers, um, and that's why you have to have scotch. Then we put in Canadian whiskey, a, a quart of Canadian whiskey, because we need to keep it a little light. You don't want to get too heavy. And then we put in a pint of British slow gin. Now, that's for two reasons. One, it gives it the red color that everybody thinks a punch should be red, a red punch is something like that. Also, you can say it makes it a little sweeter. Also, if you're politically, and remember the troubles in Ireland, it's really there of all the Irish blood the British used, you know, wasted over years and centuries and centuries. So if you want to be that. And then finally, because we are very health conscious in Ireland, <laughs> and Irish Americans especially, there is a can of sliced peaches. And that mellows it out, okay? We used to have a St. Patrick's Day party every year. And we would have 50, 60, we'd have entertainment, we'd have people serving, the whole nine yards. And so the next morning, we would sit down, open up all the gifts the people brought us, and eat the peaches, be drunk out of our minds for the whole next day. Good on your cornflakes. Again, you it's a health drink. There okay. you go. <laughs> I, one final thing is, if you're an Irishman, okay, you're going to drink it just like I described it for you. If you are an Irish-American or what you find on St. Patrick's Day sometimes, pseudo-Irishman, then you're going to add ginger ale to the drink to make sure you can still walk upright. All right? But remember, Shillelagh Punch is one of the ways to celebrate 
a good St. Patrick's Day. Slancha. Drink, but don't drive. <laughs> I like the peanut gallery. All right, now we're going to go to great go-to destinations, and I bet they're... People ask me, what is the best way to see Ireland? I say, that's a good question. And I tell them that they need to go on a land cruiser, a land yacht, better known as a bus tour. And you go, oh, no! The press has been very, very bad about bus tours. If it's Tuesday, you're in Paris, whatever. However, it is a wonderful way to travel. You, everything is included. You have, uh, you're not dragging around with old people. Uh, you have your accommodations in probably first class accommodations. You have your transportation. You are sitting high in a bus, so you see everything beautifully. You are not driving the bus. You are not tensed up going out of one of those circles and trying on the wrong to side of the on street. the wrong side of the street trying to figure out which side you need to go on it this is a wonderful way to travel all of your travel is planned by someone you see castles and you see beautiful golf courses and you see beautiful lambs in the field and they all have red or green markings on them and beautiful pubs and pubs. <laughs> the fact is that they do put these red and green things on, depending upon whether they have been sheared or whether they have had sex or whatever, and that's their designation. Your tour guides are so knowledgeable. It's amazing. Uh, they, they do UNESCO sites. They always put you at the first of the line so you don't have to wait in those long lines waiting for the UNESCO sites. Um, it's a safe way to travel, and it is the best way for a single person to travel. It, you are in with like-minded people. You're in with a group. You make friends for, I mean, if you write back and forth, it's a wonderful way to travel as a single. Ireland is rush, lush and green, and it's gorgeous. It's a great place to go. Fun-loving people. They love to drink. They love to have fun. However, there's, many, there's three different ways that you can go. You can take my recommendation and go on a land cruiser, first class with five-star hotels, or there's a second class that if you want to be more independent and perhaps more economical, there's tour companies that do that as well. And then there's independent travel where they will make your hotel reservations and they will guide you to the various things to see, but you're on your own. And you're driving your own car. And you're driving your own car. You and take we your know life. how well I've done on that. Oh my God. I... We're... <laughs> we went with a great couple friend of ours. They were in their 50s. He refused to drive. Patrick in his 70s is driving all the way from Dublin to Galway and back again. People do not like driving on the wrong side of the street because, especially when you do a circle, 
you know, you're going the wrong way. It's just not right for Americans. And you know, well, we and, got to know. one town, and we, it, he was flawless the whole time. And I mean, he was amazing. Of course, he would be broken down by the end of the day. However, off goes the rearview mirror on a car. He took on it another with, car. Yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. took it with you. Yeah, I took it. So I tell you, seven days, one mirror. I think it's a good record. Okay. And the thing was. That was the day I didn't drink. Okay, so see what see what see. Sometimes you you get distorted that way. Okay. Yes, we. But we've been to Ireland what four times? Yeah. At least four times, and we've done it different ways, uh, and different times. We've done the bus, we've done the car, we've we done even the train. did train. We've done it whichever way you go, depending upon what you're wanting to do. The land is what you want to see. It is really well good. And when you're in Dublin. You have to go to the Gaiety Theater, and it's, it's just an amazing experience. It's wonderful. It's at the end of Groton Street, their big shopping area. And, it, and the Gaiety is a re renovated 1880 theater that was basically what we would call in the United States burlesque. It's always comedies. There's always fun stuff. When we it's bought a, a ticket, now we're both Irish Americans, they said, oh, you might not understand the humor. The humor and the guilt, we understood. Yes, sure. It's, it's, good, it's, good, it's good Catholic guilt. All, this, all the comedy is good Catholic guilt. The thing that we had a little trouble going is that when you had to break for the intermission, they served two things, Guinness and ice cream, <laughs> which you could get together, which I thought was nice because you could order it beforehand. You go see the first half of the play, then you go back into a little room, and they serve you your Guinness and your ice cream. Actually goes fairly well together. I was surprised, but uh, anyway, that's uh, I enjoyed all my trips to Ireland. There was yes. no doubt about that. Yes. Now let's move on to one other thing you got to talk about when you talk about Ireland is you got to talk about their food. And the video, before we have to talk about the truth, God, we're so happy to have Scott here. Because, see, <laughs> see he is in our ear, sorry, and, hey, stupid, you forgot the video. This is a nice composite uh, of our time in Ireland. We had a great time. Take a look at this.
I want to tell you, everybody wants to go to Ashford Castle, which was the first castle that you saw, and all the tours go to Ashford Castle. It's gorgeous. We stayed there overnight. But I have to tell you, a teeny tiny little castle that we went to was Waterford Castle. And few people do go to that one, but the food is exquisite. It was one of the best meals I've ever had. And I, you look at me, I've had a lot of meals. <laughs> it was so good. And it was my birthday. So when we go with my girlfriend and her husband, they always get the better room because we're travel agents. Anyway, it was my birthday. I got the better room. I liked it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you know, that brings me to what I was going to say before about some thoughts about Irish food. Three major cities in uh, Ireland, of course, is Dublin, the capital, which is on the East Coast, all right? And a lot of those pictures you saw there were there, and a lot of street artists and stuff like that. On the far west is Galway, which is the closest you get to old Ireland and the farmlands, and that's where the uh, town where they uh, shot the movie The Quiet Man was and so forth. And due south is Cork. Cork is the, known for two things, and historically it's known for that was the port where all the Irish going to America caught their boat, basically. So everybody who comes, who is, is associated with an Irish person says, where is your folks from? Cork. Cork, because well, that's where they got on the boat. They had to travel a while to get there, okay? But that's where they got on the boat. But the fact of the matter is, in modern days, Cork has become a gourmet capital. A lot of continental cooking matched with traditional Irish dishes. So that's why at Waterford, which is in the south part of Ireland, we got that great meal. If you go to Alexandria, Virginia, go to Eve. If you can get a reservation, Eve has um, a famous, famous uh, Gourmet chef, chef. Gourmet from, chef. From Dublin. Yeah. Or from, um, um, from uh, what's it called? Um, Cork. Oh. I think he is from Cork. Yeah. But a, a couple of myths I want to dispel, first of all, on Irish food. Number one is that, first of all, corned beef and cabbage is not a traditional Irish dish. It is a traditional Irish American dish. When the Irish came here, especially in 1840 after the uh, potato famine, they were living as very, very poor immigrants in New York City, and they were living right up against a Jewish neighborhood. And the sausage and the pork and the lamb that they used to eat a lot of in England, uh, Ireland was not available. And they couldn't afford real beef. So what they discovered is the Jewish community had created corned beef which was the worst, cheapest piece of meat you could do, and they cooked it and beat it to death, and hey, it was edible, all right? So the Irish started taking corned beef as their meat and adding their traditional carrots and cork to it. So corned beef and cabbage, if you ask that to someone who's never left Ireland, they won't know about it. What the Irish are used to is a good, healthy Irish stew. And an Irish stew is usually made with lamb and Guinness and vegetables and the potatoes, of course. But Guinness is always cooked into the stews. And, and then another myth that you should know about is shepherd's pie, which you will see all over the United States, shepherd's pie. That is a traditional dish. But shepherd's pie is made with lamb. If it's made with hamburger, which is most of the places in the United States, then that is called cottage pie and not shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie is made with lamb because they had sheep.
Okay? They didn't have little hamburger running around in their farms. Okay? <laughs> All right. So let's get that straight. And Galway, being on the West Coast, is known for oysters and seafood. They have a great oyster festival during the year, and uh, salmon from the northern part of um, Ireland is the best salmon in the world. Whoa. So there's a lot of food that, believe it or not, uh, is better than you think it is, and it's certainly better than British food. Okay. We have an Irish lass we're going to talk about next. Yes, first our next segment and our new segment, which is the birthday shout out. This is a new segment where we're, or we're going to say happy birthday to someone or maybe famous people, whatever it is. And we, we were going to start at last show, but we ran out of time. And so I have to mention that last month was Scott's birthday. Yay! And we were going to mention it. We're, but I tell you, I, <laughs> you see how he is now, but I could not get any baby pictures from his wife. All right? So there wasn't anything to show you except that. But happy birthday, Scott. This year. Uh, show, I'm going to talk about my little sister, who is the first Irish lassie I fell in love with. Uh, Joanne Barney, she started out as my little sister, taught me about wine. She now runs one of the best wine and gourmet shops in Occoquan, Virginia, and I want to wish her a happy birthday. We won't mention the number, but let's take a look at Joanne Barney's birthday wish. Joanne's shop in Virginia makes great little miniature individual shepherd's pies. And she's going to have some great treats for St. Patrick's Day weekend. So if you're in that area, it's about 12 miles, 20 miles south of Washington, D.C. in Virginia. So happy birthday, Joanne. Now, what we'd like to do is start a tradition here. Now, you guys never email us, but, you know, <laughs> I'm going to try it again anyhow. If you've got someone, we will say happy birthday to anyone. Okay, so if you have someone, if you have someone you want us to say happy birthday to, email us. If you can email a picture of that person too, it would be great. So for our next show, which is going to be on the 22nd, send us a birthday wish you want us to pass on to someone you like or dislike. Or if you can dislike. send 20 pictures, he'll do one of those things too. Yes, yeah, sure, of course. I got nothing else to do. Let's do that. Okay, I can whip those together. All right, Sam, I think now we've got time to do Where the Hell Is It? Now, I'm excited about this because last time we asked uh, comfort food uh, by state, and I mentioned Brunswick stew, and where, what state claimed that as their comfort food? We got an answer, our first answer, from Steve Bouchette in Ontario, Canada. Hey. Ah, welcome. Welcome. A new, a new person. You know, I don't know why it is that everybody who watches us is in snow country. 
<laughs> I mean, but, you know, it's, I, I don't know. Come on down. It's warm here, all right? Anyway, thank you, Steve, very much. And you were correct. It was started in Brunswick, Virginia. Now, it became uh, all through Virginia as, a, as known as kind of a colonial school. And when we, we had a great uh, uh, restaurant in Alexandria, Virginia, where we lived there, that did um, a great colonial stew. And it was basically, besides all the vegetables and everything in thyme and a nice gravy, it had rabbit, chicken, and deer. Or if you're a little sensitive, call it venison. Okay, we did not kill uh, Bambi to do it, but it's really good. So it's wild game. And they also had wild turkey every now and then if it was available. So it's a great stew. And thank you, Steve, for calling in or, or emailing us on that. Uh, nice to see we got somebody else watching. Next question, Sam. Yes. In all of the United States, in all of the world, there is only one town that is actually named St. Patrick. And there is only one, Barb, so don't go to your computer and find a bunch. Because <laughs> I've checked this out three times. There is only one that's called St. Patrick. What state is it in, people? That's our question for this one. And I want to thank you for watching Travel, Eat, and Learn. And I also want to sing Green alligators and long neck geese, humpty back camels and some chimpanzees, some cats and rats and elephants, and sure as you're born, the loveliest of all is the unicorn. Okay, that's what you get after three glances of this. <laughs> three glances of this at a, at a real Irish pub. Have a great St. Patrick's Day, have a great month, and we'll see you on March the 22nd. Um.